hello, here we are, it's Story Shed, it's episode 21, it's very nearly Christmas time, so welcome one and all. We are the storytelling podcast for children of all ages, adults too, sparrows, snowmen, Santa, whoever wants to listen, everybody is welcome. It's a slightly different episode today. Um, I've got a shorter rhyme to read to you, not such a long story um, called Alphabeta, about the letters we use to learn our alphabet. Then we'll hear from our little helpers, Ida and Belle. And then I'm going to read Twas the Night Before Christmas by Clement Clark Moore, just as a little nod towards Christmas. Okay, so without further ado, here we go. Let's crack on and open the door to the shed. Story Shed, episode 21, Alphabeta. Whenever you practice your ABCs, spare a thought, please, for all those things that you never hear or ever see. Yes, 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 we all know that A is for apple and B is for ball. But that's not everything that starts with those letters, not at all. Because A is also for axolotl, which looks a lot like a fish that can walk. Much more interesting than an apple, same old skin, pips and stalk. And did you know B is also for bell onion, an old instrument made of 24 trumpets and two drums? Or that C is for cuticle, the layer of dead skin found at the base of your fingers and thumbs. We all know that the letter D is for dog and that E is used to make egg. But D is also for dag, the dirty bit of wool that hangs from a sheep's bum down to its legs. And E is for eberman, which is someone who fishes under a bridge. We all know that F is for frog or fairy or flower or fridge and that G is for gorilla, or garden, or grey, or grape. But F is also for floriform, used to describe something that is flower-shaped. And G is for gadzooks, which is a bit like saying, golly gosh! And H is not just for hat, or hotel, or honey, it's also for hogwash, which means nonsense, like uh, living in the desert in an igloo, which begins with an I, but... Loads of other words do too, like interabang, which is an exclamation mark and a question mark squished together. Or immortal, which means living forever and ever and ever and ever. We all know that J is jam and K is for kite. But J is also for Japan, not the country, but a type of black varnish. And K is also for koi carp, which is actually Japan's favourite fish. And yes, 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 L is for lion or lamp or love or lady. But it's also for ligneous, which describes something woody. And M is for moon or monkey or marmalade or mum. But it's also... Actually, no, let's keep mum. Swapping that one would be a bit dumb. We all know that N is for November or not or nice or no. But N is also for nidify. A word I'm sure you won't know, nidify, and I think this is possibly the word I like best, is the word used to describe when a bird builds its nest. And yes, we know O is for orange or otter or old. How boring that these are the only words we are told. O is also for okapi, kind of like half a zebra, half a giraffe. 
It's true. If you don't believe me, look them up. Don't laugh. And P, of course, is always for parrot and potato. And Q is always for queen. But think of all the words out there we've never seen. Because P is also for pterodactyl, even if the P can't be heard. And Q is for quark, a night heron, a type of nocturnal bird. Everyone knows that R is for rabbit or rat or rose or red. And S is for soup and snake and socks and sled. But R is also for rubescent, used to describe someone who is blushing. And S is for shh, when you need a bit of quiet to do a bit of hushing. And yes, T is for tortoise and trousers and tennis and train. But also for telekinesis, making things move with just your brain. And why is U always, always, always for umbrella or maybe unicorn? and not the word for something shaped like a claw, which is unguiform. We all know V is for vegetable or vulture or vet, and that W is for window or watermelon or wet. But V is also for volcanologist, someone who for a job studies volcanoes. And W is for whiskerine, the name given to a competition to see how long someone's beard grows. And then we have X, only good for xylophone, you might think. Well, what about a xylopolist, which is someone who sells wood? And why, you may think, that yak or yellow are perfectly good. But what about why for yearling, an animal who's not yet made it to the age of two? And finally, Z. Well, Z can only surely be zebra or maybe at a push zoo. But what about Z for zephyr, which is used to describe a gentle breeze? So whenever you practice your ABCs, spare a thought, please, for all these forgotten or undiscovered things, because A is for apple and Z is for zoo, but A is also for axolotl and Z is for zephyr too. There we go, that was episode 21 and we are now joined by our little helpers, Ida and Belle. Say hello guys. Hello. Hi. So, that one was a little bit different. It wasn't a full story, really. That was all about learning our ABCs a little bit differently and choosing different words rather than the normal ones. Can you remember any of those unusual words that we heard in there, Belle? Um, axolotl, okafi, bell onion and zephyr. Okay, can you remember what they are? What's an axolotl? Um, a little animal thing <laughs> like a lizard type type thing yeah. <laughs> and an okapi is like half zebra half giraffe animal and oh a bell onion is his big instrument and zephyr is a breeze Edie you're learning your letters at the moment aren't you what letters can you remember Um, why do you think it's important for us to learn different words and not the same words all the time? Um, because when you're young, if you learn them, you'll think they're just the only words and you need to learn new words and different ones. It's good to have lots of words to use in your writing and speaking. OK, that's all we're going to talk about that one. There's not much more we can ask, but it is, as we speak, only how many days till Christmas? Seven, I think it is. Oh. Eight! It's eight! 
Okay. Seven or eight days until Christmas. So, are you looking forward to Christmas? Yeah. yeah. What's your favourite thing about Christmas? Present. Um, my granddad's Christmas pudding. Okay, um, I'm going to read a poem now called A Visit from St Nicholas. It's often known as Twas the Night Before Christmas. So, are you ready to listen to that? Yes. Okay. Merry Christmas, guys. Say bye bye. Bye bye and Merry Christmas. Bye bye and Merry Christmas. A Visit from St Nicholas by Clement Clark Moore. Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in the hopes that St Nicholas would soon be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads and Mamma in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave a lustre of midday to objects below. When what to my wandering eyes did appear, but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer, with a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment he must be St Nick, more rapid than eagles his course as they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name, Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen, to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all, as leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle mount to the sky. So up to the housetop the coursers they flew, with the sleigh full of toys and St Nicholas too. And then, in a twinkling, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled! His dimples, how merry! His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard on his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke, it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings then turned with a jerk and laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod, up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim, ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Mm -hmm.